Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the April issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Matching Price Risk Management Tools to Market Situations. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Jay Parsons, who's a farm and ranch management specialist at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Aaron. Dr. Parsons, there's a suite of available price risk management tools out available to us today. In this article, you highlight how different tools have different application based on the current market situation. Share with us some of the tools available and how different market situations may dictate which risk management tool we use. Yeah, certainly. And there's, you know, and a lot of these tools have been around for a long time, as we know. Um, but there's always the good old cash market and auction market that people are used to using. But uh, but then we also have uh, board of trade tools that are out there uh, that is a more of a national market. And, uh, and of course, that gets into future price expectations and so on instead of what we call the, the spot or the cash market that you'd experience in the auction market. And then in the last 20 years, of course, we've had some insurance, price risk insurance tools come on in the form of livestock risk protection insurance, which is tied to that national market. But it's a little little easier for producers to use in terms of just understanding the use of it. It, And of course, it functions more like an insurance tool rather than actually playing the market where you have the ability to buy and sell uh, contracts on a daily basis. So those are kind of the big, you know, big chunks, you know, cash, insurance or or. CME, Chicago Mercantile Exchange pricing tools. In the article, you put together a decision tool that kind of helps folks think through which of these tools might be most appropriate for their situation. Give us a picture of the tool and how you might think about which of these should I use based on what my goals and desires are. Yeah. And of course, large large part people, you know, of course, want to get the best price they possibly can, but at the same token, they're trying to guard against uh, some of that uncertainty, in particular the downside uncertainty uh, that could be exposed to. So if we, in a perfect world, we'd all have a crystal ball. We know exactly what's going to happen, but uh, of course, that's not the case most of the time. Yeah, but although, but sometimes we have a pretty good feel for where certain pieces of the puzzle are headed. And so there's really three big uh, pieces that, that you that you think about uh, um, the one, of course, is what you get in the local market, but that's comprised of of both what's happening in the national market and then the relationship of that to uh, the local market. And the the difference between those two is what we call the basis. Um, and um, and so depending upon whether the overall market's moving up or down, how you feel that is is going to determine whether or not you want to lock things in, so to speak on the national marketplace. And then the relation, the relative relationship to your local market determines whether you want to focus on national market tools or look uh, to do something privately, perhaps with a private contract in the local market. So in a nutshell, if we all knew the prices were going up and everything's going to get better for, for us and our, our, our local basis is going to stay in line or perhaps improve with the national marketplace. We'd all just sit tight, take the cash price when it arrives because the expectations uh, aren't reflective of where we think things are headed. But if we think that there's some risk in there and that those expectations might not 
pan out. In other words, that there's some downside risk. If that downside risk is predominantly in the national marketplace, but we think our local prices will hold steady with it or perhaps improve, relatively speaking, over time, then we want to look at tools that are tied to the national marketplace. Uh, so the CME exchange uh, futures contracts or put option uh, type of tools, or perhaps the livestock risk protection tool uh, to help protect against that risk in the national marketplace. If we think that the risk is is more local, that national prices are going to hold and our local prices are going to deteriorate relative to that, then perhaps we want to see if somebody uh, is interested in entering into a basis contract or something like that, that uh, we can lock in that difference now and, and uh, take the risk in the national price scheme. So, in general, um, you know, as you look through those things again, you don't. Nobody has a crystal ball, but if but if we know, the more we know, the more that we could target ourselves and whether we're uh, interested in in looking at uh, uh, protecting basis or not, and um, whether we're willing to let that float or not, whether we think there is some upside in the market or not, that type of stuff, um, and then just in in general, how volatile we think the market will be. So. Uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's a complicated fashion. <laughs> we put a, a graphic in there. I'm not sure the graphic actually uh, makes it crystal clear to people, uh, but it's certainly a matter of situation where if, if basis is going to move against you, you know, then you can maybe work in that forward contract realm and a cash contract in the local market to make sure that that, that situation doesn't t- deteriorate. Otherwise, we're predominantly looking at national prices. Jay, as you think about producers, and I'm thinking here of a cow-calf producer maybe has 250 cows versus a feedlot producer who's got 5,000 head on feed, do those two scenarios maybe change how you think about what you might do with a risk management tool? Yeah. And, you know, as a matter of fact, with the LRP, it was designed more for the smaller producer, so you didn't have to uh, trade with a full contract in the board of trade, um, you know, depending on whether you're in the fed cattle market where they'd be a 40,000 pound contract or feeder cattle market where you're looking at a 50,000 pound contract. That's a lot of animals that you're doing in, in you know, you got, you got to do one contract at a time. So there's no partial thing there. If you're a smaller producer, of course, you can uh, do LRP on a per head basis. You can match it pretty closely to what your actual production is. And if you want to do part of those, you can do part of those. Uh, fairly easily. You you really got a lot more levers to push there in terms of how matching up that protection that uh, fits where you're at on the risk, risk management uh, spectrum. The other thing about LRP that's really nice, especially for a smaller producer, is a lot of times they're doing everything, right? So they're, they're doing all the production decisions and, and all the marketing decisions and so on. So they're not like a bigger operation where they have somebody that can focus on the markets themselves and keep track of that a little closer. And uh, the livestock risk protection is designed uh, what we call a European put option. That is, is that you you pay the premium in, get the protection, and then it's a done deal until the end of that contract period. So you could basically set it in place, get the protection you want in place and go back to producing animals. And uh, if the markets work against you, you have the protection. So it's not something where you got to make Margin calls like you do if you uh, sell a futures contract on the board of trade or keep track of where things are and make sure that your positioning is all that. So it's a little bit more uh, friendly and a little bit more set up for the smaller producer. Anything else on this topic, Jay? I know you've got some workshops coming up this spring, summer, and fall. Maybe give us a brief overview of the content that will be covered then. Yeah, so we've been doing about... um, We've been spreading it around the state, but they're about three-hour workshop, uh, more or less, with content. We usually try to include a meal in it either at noon or in the dinner hour. Uh, so about three and a half hours of time commitment on people's part 
But we, we talk about uh, some of the different insurance tools that are available for livestock producers. Uh, LRP is one of the big ones that we get into there. And also just, you know, how, to, how the mechanics of it work. And we try to give them an experience with the simulation of actually using it. Uh, we also talk, depending on the time of the year and the location, a little bit about some of the forage insurance that's available also. But the whole idea is to try to keep the topics current with current information. Uh, some of the strategies people can maybe employ with what they're seeing. And then, uh, you know, just basically help them understand that understanding your cost of production and the, your level of tolerance for risk and, and where you need to protect things and some of the tools available uh, that might be help you put that protection in place. More information on those Outlook meetings is to come in the future then? Yeah, we'll keep announcing them as we go along. And so, you know, like I said, we try to spread it around the state. So a lot of the uh, beef educators will contact us when they have something in mind. But we'll have those throughout the summer and into the fall. And of course, as we get into the fall, as the pasture range of forage insurance approaches, we'll get more into into that topic in particular. Um, whereas right now, during the uh, the spring season and the summer, we, we focus a lot on, on price protection for the cow-calf producer in the fall. But we'll have those announcements that go off periodically. We try to get those out either on the, the beef website, well, actually both on the beef website, beef.unl.edu, and then also on our Center for Ag Profitability website which is cap, C-A-P edu. And of course, both of those sites have uh, email lists that, uh, you know, information goes out on a regular basis. Thanks again for joining me today, Jay. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Really appreciate it. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. The title of the article that was discussed today, Matching Price Risk Management Tools to Market Situations.